This is the Holland Assets Podcast, where we show you how to start and run your own trucking company. Ever wanted to go out on your own? Follow Chris as he goes through the highs and lows of running on his own authority. Welcome, everybody. Welcome to episode number 123 of the Holland Assets Podcast. Today, we're talking about how to spec out a truck. Now, as I, well, okay, hang on. I should introduce myself. I'm Craig over there. He's Chris. I'm here. Chris, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, we do the intros just in case somebody's listening for the first time, but uh, I won't belabor it. Go to Holland and Assets. You, oh, sorry. What, I, Chris? No, go ahead. Well, <laughs> I, I was going to say, when you say how to spec out a truck, I mean, that seems like we're, we're you're not the actually... authority on it. it. It's more like how we <laughs> spec our trucks, because if you talk to a hundred people on how to spec a truck. Guess how many answers you're going to get? A hundred different answers. So we're going to tell you how we do it, um, give you some good ideas, things to think about when it comes to specking a truck. But uh, there's more than one way to skin a cat. Um, yeah, absolutely. Well, we, we are going to get to all that. In fact, not only are we going to get to all that, we're going to get to seemingly all of it. Like there's a lot of ground to cover. Uh, and so people who have had questions now, Chris, I understand we're not going to cover every possible question. Yeah, because we don't we don't want we don't to, have time for that. Yeah, people's ears will bleed if they have to listen to a ten hour <laughs> podcast on specking trucks. But actually, that I'm glad I said that before I said this. Go to HollandAssetsLLC.com, where if you go to the show notes for this episode, you're going to find a lot of stuff. There's yeah. uh, there's a document with uh, how many how many pages is it's, it, Chris? It's twenty pages, and it it's down to every last detail of how our truck our most recent trucks have been specced out mm -hmm. okay so this is one of those things where you have you learned as you went yeah. well i mean i'm sure you kind of knew a few things here and there but you made a few mistakes with the first few trucks and now you feel like you got it dialed in for the most part yeah the last bunch of trucks we haven't made any changes to it so yeah we, we feel pretty good about it so hollandassetsllc.com is where you can find that document uh, and past episodes and all the documents that go along with those. Uh, you can also find similar resources at motorcarrierhq.com. All right, Chris. And, and when you go there and with this episode, because like it really, how to spec a truck's a hot topic and there's a million different opinions on it. I'd love to hear other people's opinions. So, you know, go to the, the, uh, the podcast episode and the show notes and you can leave a comment on what you think. I you're like, Chris, you're an idiot. You shouldn't do it that way. Um, or you can go on and onto Facebook, the, the Facebook post for this episode and comment. I'd, I'd love to get other people's opinions. I love hearing about this topic. I love hearing about what other people say about it. So mm -hmm. give us your opinions. You know, I'm, I'm, I've got thick skin, so you can, you know, say, Hey, Chris, you're an idiot. Um, you should have done this. <laughs> the way I see it, Chris, is everybody else, when they make comments, should be really nice to you because I reserve the other type of comment for myself. <laughs> you reserve the right. It's like a, it's like a sibling, right? Nobody better talk <laughs> bad about you, but I can. That's exactly okay, right. Gotcha. All right, Chris. So um, anything else you want to do for table setting before we actually dive into these topics? Um, no, no, I think we can probably like dive right in. Okay. Well, we're going to be talking... I. I I'll do just one more thing. We're going to be talking about engines, transmissions. We're going to be talking about axles, for heaven's sake. We're going to be talking about how to spec out an axle or what you do to spec out an axle as what you do, Chris, as the ultimate authority uh, in the world on this subject. Actually, I did. I'm, now that I'm thinking <laughs> about it, I've got I've got one thing I wanted to talk about as far as uh, um, kind of life on the road 
Oh, topic really? And, oh, and, you know, shoot. Some things that have been happening. Are we going to make them wait another 60 seconds? Yeah, let's, let's make them wait. It's probably going to be more than 60 seconds. There's a couple, there are actually a few things I want to talk about. Okay. One, I'm, I'm, I, uh, I, I found out just before I left the office that I, I, uh, um, Drew my ticket to have my the random drug test done. Oh, so okay. it's my turn. So even because you've got even your because I've I, you've got I, your CDL and, and I can drive for the company, I mm-hmm. have to be in the pool. And so, and, and are you going to pass, Chris? I think Did I'll you, probably be, be okay. All right? Yeah, between uh, trucking and the military, I get plenty of drug tests. <laughs> That's right. I, yeah. Okay. So military man probably going to pass yeah, that. Yeah, I've, I've got to be a good. I've got to be a good boy when it comes to those things. <laughs> what was the other thing you were going to talk about? Um, a, a couple things like still the weather this year has been nuts. Like I'm sick of drivers. We had one of our drivers stuck in Laramie for five days Oof. and through uh, no fault of their own. Of no course. fault of their own. Yeah. Just the weather. It's just I 80 has been ridiculous this year. You um, know what? I want to, I, that's our next t-shirt, Chris, uh, something about how I 80 sucks. So I 80 sucks. Yeah. That's a good, I like that. <laughs> I hate I hate I hate in Wyoming specifically. You know, we um, could do like an I heart New York T-shirt, but uh, somehow make it I hate I eighty. All there right, you go. that's a good. That's like oh, I hate I hate All right, and with that, Chris, let's dive into oh, oh, one are more you thing. Freaking I'm kidding yeah, me? Yeah, well, he's got so we can, much. We could possibly even save this one for the next episode. Just we do have, it. Just do it. So, Holland Assets, <laughs> we took a we took a bit of a hit. Uh oh. Um, in the last couple of months, we this is the second time this has happened in the history of Holland Assets. Uh, in the hundreds of loads that we've done, um, we recently took a load that we're not going to get paid for. Uh oh. Yeah, it uh, a company called Cheyenne Logistics, and spelled with an S H instead of a C H, like Cheyenne is normally spelled. And so that should have SEO, been the first SEO, Chris. Clue. SEO. Yeah, yeah. So what what do we do? Yeah. Um, it, it ended up being, it's one of those where it's a double brokered load. So mm. a, a false broker hauls a load, um, or, or contracts with the shipper to haul a load. They then contract with us. We go to haul it. We do all that. We, we haul it and, and they're the, shut down. They're shut down. They, um, collected the payment from the um, shipper, but aren't going to pay us. We should end up getting some because legally the shipper still has to pay. In those kind of situations, they have to pay the company that actually hauled the load. So we, we probably aren't going to get as much as we originally anticipated, um, but we should get some, but it's still probably not going to be enough to even cover our expenses. Mm. I mean, it was a, it was a um, like 2,100 mile load. So it was a big long load. Um, and, and obviously we paid for the fuel. We still have to pay our driver, yeah. you know, all our normal expenses and um, probably not going to get any with it. So one of the things that I, I kind of want to warn people to kind of keep their eyes open for is is those kind of scenarios happening and the thing that's kind of unique with this one is the broker actually had operated legitimately for a while so that they kind of build their reputation mm. that they're an okay company then then they've fleeced like a whole Everybody. bunch of company over it, they can they can usually get away with it for about 30 possibly even as long as 60 days before enough people start to catch on what's going on that they kind of damage their reputation. And I think that's what this one did is they just, they operated just long enough to kind of get to the point where people would send them business and then they just went rogue. Wow. So you, you got, you got to watch out for those kind of things. And this is one, there were some, some signs that things weren't right with it. Specifically, it was an above market rate. Um, anytime that happens, be careful. Um, this business was based out of North Dakota 
Fargo. I mean, there's not a whole lot of business out there. So that's, that's kind of another thing you might want to be careful of. It's, it's hard to spot these guys, but, um, uh, sometimes when you see enough of this smoke and enough, you know, tall tell signs, it's just best not to even like take the risk. Right. And I, and I, and I wish we wouldn't have on this one. It's amazing. Anywhere money moves, there are scam artists out there ready uh-huh. to grab their cut. Yep. So, uh, Chris, do you want to talk about engines yet? let's talk about engines i know you've been anxiously waiting for this moment that we could finally (laughs) dive into this subject you know i look i look at the notes here and i see how much stuff we've got to get through and i'm like i'm i'm ready i'm chomping at hopefully we can fire through some of these pretty quick all right well let's talk about engines first yeah enough of the chit chat (laughs) what do you got for me um this is okay how you guys at holland assets spec a truck starting with engines and we're starting with engines and before we get into what we actually decided to do i want to talk about the things the biggest things that you really want to consider when mm-hmm. you're deciding what kind of engine you want to go for and the the biggest one's pretty obvious you, you know mpg versus performance it, you if you want to get good miles per gallon and good fuel efficiency you're going to sacrifice a little bit on performance sure. if you want high performance you're going to sacrifice a little bit on on miles per gallon and so it's kind of finding that right balance so that's one to the weight of your loads, you know, if you're hauling um, heavy loads, overweight loads, you're you're probably going to want something different. If you're doing eighty thousand pounds and less, you're going to want something else. If your average load is even less than that, you may want even something different. Um, so that that's that's a big deal. And then also an, another big thing is where are you driving? Are you driving out west with mountains, or are you driving in the Midwest where there aren't any mountains? You know, where where are you going? And do you? Uh there's elevation concerns like that. Do you also consider, uh, is there any consideration for um, temperature, humidity, any of that factor? There is. I'm not so sure about humidity. There may be that humidity is not something I've been overly concerned about, but if Mm -hmm. you're going to be operating up in Fargo, North Dakota, you know, you there's, there's some other things that you're probably going to want to add to or do different on your truck and your engine than you would if you're down in Mississippi. Right. Okay, so, so yeah. like a lot of um, like a lot of the topics that we talk about, what you're talking about is, uh, or the recommendations you're going to give, we might say, hey, this is going to be good for ninety percent of the people, ninety percent of the time, but you may be the exception to the rule, something along those lines, right? Correct. Okay, and and so um, we obviously, with most of our trucks, our, our new trucks that we've bought in the last couple of years, we've gone with Freightliners, and I'm going to talk a little bit about the end of why we did decided to do freight liners but when you do when you purchase a freight liner your engine options are the detroit so the dds or cummins are, are the two most mm-hmm. common engine choices for for freight liners and, and in reality i think probably 90 percent of those especially in the uh eighty thousand pound full-size semi um heavy duty option you're, you're going to go with detroit's which which we did and we we've chose the dd um 15 so that's a 15, 15 liter, liter engine and you can get that also in in varying levels of horsepower varying levels of torque um and what we have done is 505 horsepower i think right 505 yeah rather than the what the 450 there's a 450 there's i think even like a 470 there's 550 there's a whole bunch of options there and you can also um get different levels of torque our torque 1650 um and you can you can go higher than that. You can go lower than that. And you know people get really 
um, into the details on this um, because when you when you, like specifically on the torque, if you say, "Hey, I want a seventeen fifty torque," well, that's probably going to change what transmission you get. Cause mm-hmm. You've got to have a transmissions that, that's rated at that higher level of torque. But for what we do, um, we decided the fifteen liter five you know five hundred five horsepower Detroit was the best option for us, and that's you know we could probably also get away with a 450 and part of me like I, i'm pretty sure our first pack car was a 450 horse not the 500 ish horse um and the the you know the, the higher the horsepower the more you're going to use in fuel mm-hmm. um and, but with how much mountain driving we do we decided to go with a, a little bit worthwhile. beefier engine so at first you went a little lower and then you you bumped up the horsepower on the newer trucks that you got because of the mountains yeah okay so yeah if somebody's operating out of ohio uh maybe a 450 will be fine yeah if if we were on the flats i think i'd do a 450 for sure and and i'm like i'm still that example they got plenty of hills in Ohio. (laughs) (laughs) i'm still kind of on the fence on whether the the 500 horse is the right option for us versus a 450 Mm -hmm. i you know there's a business case for doing a lower horsepower a little more fuel efficient yeah truck all but right. For now, we're doing the five-ish. Okay. So that's that's what you guys do. Yep. Um, and then what you're saying is, uh, depending on your situation, adjust up or down from there. Yep. Uh, what about transmissions? Do you want to talk about those? Yeah. So the things the things that you consider with the, the transmission are, um, again, miles per gallon. The, the type of transmission that you choose is going to have an impact on miles per gallon. Um, and another big thing that we take into account, not every company is going to take into this into account is the driver preferences. Um, you know, does the driver prefer an automatic or does the driver prefer a manual transmission and then r- reliability. Um, I, and I, and I would say this has changed in the last several years. I, I think the automatic transmissions, um, in semis have become much more reliable. And in fact, and, and this might not necessarily be because of reliability, but to try to make people feel more comfortable as the industry transitions more and more to automatics. But the warranty on automatics are typically longer than they are for mm. a manual transmission. Right. It's it's the old thing that the saying I keep coming back to, which is uh, that the company that made that engine or the transmission, they know how to drive the truck a lot better than you do. Yeah. Um, and uh, they know how to treat it just right. So I shouldn't say a lot better. I'm sure you're all very good drivers. <laughs> uh, all right, Chris. What else you want to get into? So let's talk a little bit about there's there's really three different types of transmissions, and um, you know th- th- this is interesting because um, we call in in the semi world we call an automatic transmission an an automatic, but in reality it's not an automatic transmission. Hmm. Um, it's not the same thing as your car automatic transmission. Right. It's actually a manual transmission that they've automated, so it's got all the same gears and everything, just like a manual transmission but it they've got an autom- an automated system essentially that pushes in the clutch because it's got a clutch just like a regular manual transmission yeah. and then it's got all the same gears and it does the the shifting interesting um, so it it's 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 different than your passenger car or pickup truck automatic so, transmission interesting can you deactivate that and go manual if you well, need you to well you can you, just like on an automatic transmission on a car you can like force it to let you do kind right. of a manual mode where you tell it when to shift. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, it's, it's not your true automatic. Like you, you think about when you're driving an automatic car pickup truck, you let off the gas or let, you let off the brake and what happens? It starts to creep Co- forward. Cause that, right. that 
transmission's essentially always engaged. It's ready to go. It's ready to go. And in a semi, that's not the case. Like once you let off the brake, you've got to hit the gas to make it shift into gear and go. Right. Um, so, so that's, that's kind of, you know, just food for thought, something to think about. They're different. You actually can get an automatic transmission in semis. They're just very uncommon. Okay. Um, and, and, and you like going the automatic route for yourself or typically, uh, you know, it taking driver preference out of the, out of the equation. For, for me personally, uh, honestly, you know, I've, I've driven both. I've, I've, I've spent more time in a truck with a manual, um, but I would prefer an automatic to be honest with you. Just you know, one, some of the advantages are, um, the, uh, stop and go traffic. Mm-hmm. It's, it's just, you're not having to shift all the time. Um, they, so, so it, it's easier that way. You don't have a, a, a shifter that you're stepping over when you go into the back of the, the cab. Um, what are some other, th- I, I, the, I feel like at least on the, most of the automatics I've driven, um, the, the engine brake works better and has more holding power than it does on a manual. Um, and, and so, you know, those are just a few of the things that, that I like better with the, the automatic. The one thing I do like better on a manual is, is going in reverse. Like I, they, for some reason, maybe it's just my driving skill and technique, but backing a, a trailer with an automatic, it just, it, it's not as smooth. You can't control like, you know, play with the clutch play and everything else. You don't mm. have as much control on, on backing and, and especially the older ones are really jerky when you, when you put them into reverse and th- they've gotten better, yeah. but they're still, they're still not as smooth as when you drive a manual when, okay. when it comes to backing. What other, uh, transmission thoughts do you have, Chris? A couple other things to consider. And, and this is something new that I've learned. Um, you, you've seen on a, on a car, you know, the, the overdrive option, sure. right? Um, you, you can get the same thing in whether it's an automatic or you can get it in, in a manual, you've got overdrive. And the thing that I learned new is overdrive is, um, is basically when, you know, most of the time when, when you're in gears and you're shifting the lower gears, the engine is spinning at a faster rate than the, um, output coming out of the transmission. Yeah. So, this, the speed of the engine spinning going into the transmission is faster than what's coming out. Overdrive is the opposite. So when you get into an overdrive gear, you're actually, the engine is spinning slower than the drive shaft or the, the output of the transmission. And there's some advantage to that and disadvantages. And so basically from, from what I understand and what I've learned is um, you can you can get overdrive transmissions or non-overdrive transmissions. If you're strictly about fuel economy, um, you're going to get better fuel economy um, in an in from a non-overdrive direct, direct drive yeah. from a direct drive transmission versus an overdrive transmission. Where that it never makes sense to have an overdrive is if your if your vehicles are driving fast. So if you're going 70, 75 miles an hour in your trucks all the time you've got to have an overdrive transmission. But if you're like the Swifts of the world or, you know, some of these other larger fleets that govern their trucks to 63 miles an hour, you're better with the direct drive transmission. Mm. Okay. All right. So, uh, so we, we get overdrive transmissions the, and, and we've done some manuals and we've done some autos. And again, it's driver's preference. Like the last truck that we took truck number 10 is a 
manual transmission because we had a driver that said, I want a manual transmission. He's been a good driver for us. So he said, okay, the next truck that we can get where we can get a, a, a manual, we'll get that for you. So he got, he just, um, in end of December, got a, a manual transmission. So let's say you, uh, you don't have a driver requesting something. You're just bringing in another truck and you'll bring in a driver later. What are you going to buy for the company? Automatic. Automatic. Yeah. Okay. So we, we have one more, um, We've got a truck that we're getting here very, very soon. It's an auto, but the next truck that we have on order is is going to be a manual. Okay. Because we've got another driver that it's the one that that's replacing truck number one. We're we're taking that off the road soon, and the driver that drives it is a she really likes manuals, and yeah. so she's getting the next manual that comes out. Cool. Any preference on how many speeds the transmission has when you do get a manual like that? Um. 13 speed like I, I would never buy there's a there's tip the most common transmissions with manuals are 10 13 and 18 yeah i would never buy a 10 speed transmission just not a, a transmission. not enough control there no okay. n n i i've haven't really talked to anybody that likes driving the 10 speeds they they just don't feel like the gearings ratios right maybe, maybe if you're doing regional or local it, it it makes more sense but for what we do like i've never talked to anybody that likes that so manual speed 13 if you're having hauling heavy super heavy loads typically 18 speeds where where guys like to be at yeah okay very good uh shall we move on then yeah let's move on because uh, i think you wanted to talk about axles next yeah axles and, and this is another thing that's like ax axles are, are super interesting and so when when you say so let, let me start off with saying that the axle ratio that our most recent trucks and this is changing and i'll talk a little bit about it has been a 308 okay so when i say 308 it's 3.08 and what that means is so you you've got your engine it's spins at a certain speed. You've got your transmission that changes things, spins at another speed. Mm -hmm. And then you've got the, the output of the transmission or the drive line that goes into the rear axle. And then there's another set of gears in the rear axle that, um, that, that can be, they can't be adjusted either. You have it at something and, right. and you can, I guess you can tear it all apart and put in a different, different set, but that that's pretty uncommon. People don't do that. So what that one does is the, so the, the gear ratio, the 3.08 that we've got means that for every time the shaft, the drive shaft going into the rear axle, for every time it turns one time, that it, it turns the wheels, or no, it needs to turn the other way around. Right? around. Yeah. So it, for every 3.08 times it turns around, it drives the wheels one Once. turn. Right. Yeah. And so, um, Let's talk again a little bit about this. And, and basically the things that you consider on an axle on, on the rear axle is, is really the same things that you kind of consider with the, uh, with the engine. So miles per gallon versus performance, you know, what weight of loads are you, are you carrying and, and kind of where are you driving? What, what's your average, uh, weight on your trucks? Do you know that number? Off I, the top I can of your tell head? you exactly that the most that we typically carry on a, on a load is about, I mean, I, I think we'll take stuff occasionally as high as 44,000 pounds, but when we get up into that 44,000 pounds, anything over 43,000, we, we typically have to take on less fuel mm. just, just because we're like that close to, um, to your limit. our weight limits. Yeah. So that, that's pretty, that's the most we usually take. If you're, if you're doing dry van loads and you don't have an APU, you know, those guys will take even 45, 46,000, maybe even a little bit more than that. Flatbeds will take more than that because the trailer doesn't weigh mm -hmm. as much. 
that's that's why reefers can take or uh dry vans can take more the the uh the the trailer doesn't weigh as much right yeah i'm just curious because uh so you say you go with the 308 um but i I wanted to give us a baseline so if somebody listening uh, does something different i assume they'd want to adjust accordingly right yeah so if you're the the lower the number so the the uh fewer revolutions of the drive shaft it takes to to turn one revolution of the tires the lower the number the higher fuel efficiency right and the lower the performance the higher the number the the higher the performance but the lower the fuel the worse the fuel efficiency right so that that's just kind of the same thing where we're in utah you know we travel all over the country we want to get as good a fuel mileage as we can um, but where we're in utah we have to take mountains into into account so we need to have a certain level of performance and that's why we've gone with the 308 it's still fairly fuel efficient but you don't sacrifice all your performance for fuel efficiency yeah and, and are you going to keep going with that route the 308 going forward no because um the the detroit engine that we talked about is just going from the fourth generation to fifth generation and with the new fifth generation um they have made some changes in it you know as far as where the power band is and how everything you know the torque and and everything and and based on how we drive um they've kind of analyzed our our routes and where we go and what we do and and how we drive the speed our trucks run at and they've recommended that we drop that to a uh, what is it 2.85 i think okay so so uh bringing up your fuel economy a little bit more yeah, sacrificing it, a little bit of power for that yeah well and, and i don't even know that it's it's actually because of the new engine that that 2.85 is going to provide about the same fuel efficiency and performance as the previous generation of engine. Mm, okay. So it's really it's it's really just adapting the rear axle to match the change in the engine. Gotcha, gotcha. And um, so it, it it should be. I mean, it, it'll be interesting to see what happens. And and as we were kind of making this decision, it, it's kind of interesting. Um, the uh, Freightliner can actually go in and they can pull the data on our trucks and see where we've been driving and what we've been doing. And based off of that, they can analyze all that data and say, okay, we think because of this, how you've been driving, they can use actual data and actual numbers to make a recommendation for what uh, drive, what, what the axle ratio and even engine and everything, right. what's what's best for our situation. Nice. So that's kind of cool. One of those uh, situations where you don't mind sharing a little data. You huh, don't Chris? mind sharing a little bit of data. <laughs> yep. You don't mind big brother looking over your shoulder and uh, spying on you a little bit. <laughs> well, Freightliner, hardly a big brother yeah. in this scenario, but okay. So uh, are, are we good on axles? You feel good there? I think um, so. Yeah. Because you, you brought up weight and uh, I know we wanted to talk a little bit about weight, weight mitigation, uh, or, or I don't know what uh, you want to get into with that, but did you have something else you wanted to say first? No, that we, we can jump right into kind of the next category, the things that you really kind of look at when you are trying to decide some of the specs that you want on your truck, and that's really things that affect the weight. Um, there's a lot of different things you can do it in, um, that, that will affect the weight on your truck, and if you're, you know, if you've got a customer that needs you to be able to max out every possible pound you can take mm. on your truck, you may want to um, pick a few things that that are going to give you the ability to um, have higher, heavier loads, and and still be under that eighty thousand pound without having to get oversize overweight permits. Right. So you take, for example, um, the size of fuel tank that you pick. 
Um, you know, you can do everything from um, the the biggest fuel tank. I think you can get about 150 gallons on most trucks. So you can actually get 150 gallons on each side. That's so a that's lot of 300 fuel. gallons. So that's a lot of fuel. And and diesel fuel weighs about seven pounds a gallon. So if you talk about 300 gallons of fuel, that's like 2,100 pounds of fuel. Right. That's a ton. So you're really of cutting weight. into your into your you're ratios there. Cutting into what you can haul if, versus if you just have. Like I, I've, I, I was talking to our dealer, um, our rep at the dealer, and he, he's got one client that does just one 140 gallon tank on one side and that's it, 140 gallons. So, you know, their, their fuel weight is less than half of what the most that you can do. Yeah. You can actually even do more than 150 gallons, but then you ha- you're making other changes to the right. truck, but that 150 gallons is something you can kind of get stock without. If you're only doing if you're only doing a single 140 though, you're now you're sacrificing time. You're going to have to spend a lot more time refueling, right? And you're not going to be able to go as far, so you may not be able to pick and choose where you fuel as much, where the best prices are. You're kind of forced to fuel at certain in certain locations. Right. So do you guys do the double 120s on all your trucks? We do 120s on on both sides so we can carry two, 240 gallons. Okay. All right. So that's uh, it, it sounds like that's kind of the sweet spot, the nice middle ground. Yeah, it's the it's the most common the, between I think between the one twenties and hundreds. Okay. So somewhere between two hundred and two hundred forty total gallons of fuel on the truck. Okay. All right. Talk to me about batteries. So, because uh, I know there's some options there. There are some options there, and I, the minimum you have to have at least two batteries. Right. Um. You know the engines are larger; they take a, a little bit more juice to be able to start and crank, especially when it's cold outside. And so you have to have at least two batteries, but you can get again without making any adaptations as many as four batteries and you know if you've ever picked up a a a vehicle battery you know they aren't exactly light you know they they weigh 50 plus pounds each and so and i assume these are bigger than what's in my little mazda bigger than what's in your (laughs) mazda but pretty similar to what you might have in a in a pickup truck right okay you just have four of them instead of one of them or at least two yeah so if you're doing four batteries you're looking at a few hundred pounds uh that you're considering okay all right uh, all right. What else on weight? Uh, some nitpicky stuff. I know you wanted to go over. What do you got? Yeah. So it, it, it's kind of there. There's some like absolutely crazy stuff that you can do. I mean, you can take off some of the aerodynamic items. Um, and then of course you're then you're losing an efficiency. But yeah. sometimes weight's more important than that. Um, they've they've got aluminum cross members on the frame so that you can um, shave some of the weight on the frame without supposedly sacrificing too much strength. I mean, there's things that you can do in the suspension. You can, um, some of the engine mounts can be aluminum instead of steel. Um, that's going to be more expensive, right? Aluminum over steel. Yeah. But not, not a crazy amount. Um, you know, some of these, like there, there's some of these, like there's a lightweight package in most trucks. And if you do the lightweight package, it's probably doing things like that, replacing the still cross members, but you're, you're talking like 500 to a thousand bucks. So it, the cost isn't huge. Yeah. Okay. All right. Uh, yeah. Anything else? Uh, well, I mean, when we're talking about weight, I guess this does kind of bring us back to the talk about the engine, the axle, the transmission. How much does, how much do those things factor in when you're thinking about weight? Uh, you know, I'm thinking especially about a transmission. It's something that I consider driving a, a car is, uh, you know, depending on how small the car is, the transmission can add a significant percentage of weight onto the car. Uh, but that may not be the case with uh, a truck like this, right? So, yeah, there's, I mean, there's absolutely differences in 
in in weight, like between different types of transmissions. Some that are the you know, especially when you get into the more heavy duty transmissions engines too, like the the thirteen liter versus the fifteen liter. That's going to save, and you can like there's a lot of different things you can do to to kind of change things. So again, if weight gets you know is, is something that's really really critical to you, you can jump down, drop down to a a 13 liter engine instead of the 15 liter. And then you can bump the horsepower up on it. You can um, change your axle ratio. So everything that still kind of gets you most of the power that you want, but then you're yeah. going to sacrifice fuel efficiency. I love this. Chris is, uh, he's, he's coughing, <laughs> but really what it looks like is uh, this <clears throat> stuff makes you so emotional, and Chris, I, I that, feel, I that your cry. eyes are watering. And <laughs> yeah, I, I don't, I don't know what's, what's gotten into me. No, I got something in my throat. So, so let me, I know we've got a couple of other categories to go through, but let me see if I can uh, crystallize what we've talked about so far. When it comes to your engine, your transmission, your axle, uh, kind of weight considerations, if you go kind of middle of the road, the average option on all of these, it's going to keep a lot of doors open for you as far as loads that you can haul and places that you can go. Uh, but if you are if you're specializing in something, if you, if you've got a contract with somebody to haul the same route over and over and over again, like Bubba Blackwell, who we talked to, um, gosh, was that a couple of years ago? Now, yeah, it's Chris? been a while. How old are we? Um, <laughs> <laughs> but it, so if you're specialized and you know what you're going to be hauling, then that might be a good time to start looking at adjustments. Hey, I'm going to be climbing a lot of hills or, you know, I'm only going to be hauling potted plants for a while. You know, I, I, it's not going to be the heaviest load out there. Uh, am I on the right track here? Yeah. Another thing to take into account, you know, if you're an owner operator versus a fleet, if you're an owner operator, you know how you're going to drive the truck. Right. And so you can kind of adapt that truck to yourself, to how you drive yeah. versus if you're, and you know, you know, you may have three drivers in the same truck over the lifetime of the truck. Um, they're all going to drive different and you probably need to get something that's a little bit more, like you said, middle of the road, normal, that's kind of you know, adaptable, a good, happy medium for everything. Yeah. Okay. Uh, all right, Chris, other topics that you wanted to get into are options as far as driver comfort. Uh, should we get into that one? Yeah, let's get into that. So, okay. um, the, uh, again, the sleeper is another piece of this. And that kind of is another one of the things that mm. really affects the weight, the size of the sleeper that you've, you get, um, you, you can get bigger ones or smaller ones and, um, some changes there The obviously the bigger, the more comfortable for the driver. Sure. And do you guys uh, make adjustments based on driver preference? With not, not so much on sleepers. No, okay. we, we've kind of, you've stuck. got your thing. And, and it's really the most common sleeper size for um, a 72 inch sleeper for most trucks yeah. that are long haul over the road. Okay. All right. Uh, what else, what other options are you going to be looking at? So, the, you know, the recent, some of the recent things that, that, that come with some of these trucks are really cool, like heated and cooled seats, like all the, the newer trucks that we've had over the last several years have been heated and cooled seats, which is nice. Um, one of the things, and this is kind of a mistake that we made early on in, in a couple of our trucks. There's, there are two things that, that we changed. One was getting a TV mount, a TV mount, something that you can add later aftermarket fairly easy, but it's really not very expensive to have the factory do it. And it's just cleaner when they do it, mm. you know, cause they, they work, you know, they work around the upholstery and everything better. It's, it's that TV mount is built specific for that truck and it just, it works better. It's cleaner. Plus it's not, then it's just one less thing you have to deal with once the truck gets delivered and you can get it on the road faster. Yeah. 
uh what was i gonna say oh yeah go <laughs> again they know how to do it better than you do. they do <laughs> they, yeah they do this all day so right and then the second thing that's really big is the inverter uh, so yeah you, the inverter so you can you know plug all your stuff in um you, you got you've got regular 120 volt power and when you do it at the factory then they they typically most new trucks have actual power outlets that you plug your microwave into that you can you know, plug your computer into and just your other things and when you when they install the inverter it's integrated into that system and right. it works just flawlessly it's smooth there you go uh what about sleeping arrangements you mentioned the uh the, the size of the sleeper uh, what about the the plushness of the interior that that sort of thing that that's something that you can mess around with a lot too so again like typically when when you're an owner operator owner operators have a tendency it's their truck they're going to live in it they're going to take care of it it's they go home. a little bit yeah they go a little bit more um <laughs> premium plush a little more premium <laughs> that's a good way to put it which is good like if you're going to if if it's your space and you're going to be the one taking care of it absolutely do that and we try to find a good balance with ours like we we definitely don't skimp on this some fleets just completely skimp and go bare bones and mm. We, we try to find kind of a good balance between going extra plush and crazy expensive versus, you know, something that's that's reasonable and our drivers are going to like and, and be yeah. happy to be in. Kind of one of those treat them right so they'll treat yeah. you right. Like another thing is you can get double bunks in semis <laughs> and we always get a double bunk and in that second bunk it just becomes storage. Oh, okay. But it's, it's handy. It's like this big shelf that you can mount your stuff onto and it works pretty well and um, and, you know, it's, it's, it's good for a lot of different things. And so yeah. we always get it and okay. they can be folded up out of the way. So they're, they're pretty nice. And I know that there are options when it comes to the cab, as far as, uh, insulation goes premium insulation. Do you guys go that far with, um, for comfort? I I'm yes. So we've, so it, it does two things. Um, it, it, it makes the truck a little bit quieter and then it also does a little bit better job of keeping it hot or cool in in the summer and the winter and and that brings up the idea of heating uh in yeah within the cab does it make a difference does that premium insulation or the type of heating that you have uh does that make a difference as far as economy over time it, that I, sort of thing i don't have numbers for that yeah absolutely it does i don't know if it's like i, I don't know if you get like an actual return on investment for <laughs> right. for doing that um, but uh, another thing that we do to kind of help with that is we install bunk heaters on all of our trucks. Oh, right. So, you know, it's, it's just this little heater that it, they call it bunk heaters cause it goes under the bed. Um, but then it, it keeps the cab warm. It just, it uses fuel out of the fuel tank, but then you don't have to run the engine and it, it's just this little tiny diesel heater and they're quiet and efficient and, you know, they use like a few ounces of fuel an hour versus a gallon of fuel an hour. So it, right. Um, they, and they do a great job keeping everything warm. There you go. All right, Chris, what else do we want to get into? What, what are the uh, final topics we want to So talk a couple, about? a couple things that we add on all our trucks, we add an APU auxiliary power unit. So this mm -hmm. little engine on the, the side of the truck that will run the air conditioner, keep the batteries charged when the main engine isn't running and, and it saves uh, over their life. They save a ton of fuel. Okay. Um, we also get an extended warranty. So I, I, I'm, I should have looked this up and because I, for some reason off the top of my head, I can't remember exactly what the, the standard warranty is. I, I think it's on, on most things, it's like one year, 
like 125,000 miles. Right. So the extended warranty we get is good for six years, 600,000 miles, which we think is probably about the time now that we're going to want to start changing out trucks is, right. is around the time that warranty is going to going to end. And have you guys started yet looking at the extended warranty and the repairs and maintenance that you do and whether that washes out uh, or whether it has so far? Uh, is that not, some math? Not that yet. I, that is something that I plan on doing at some point, but I, I don't feel like we've really, we've got our oldest brand new truck. I think we've had on the road for about a year and a half. Okay. So I, I just don't feel like we've had it long enough to really be able to answer that question okay all right fair enough it's a question we'll probably end up answering later then someday at some point all right now you already mentioned the type of truck that you guys get you typically go for freight liners although if there aren't any of those available uh, what what do you get if it's not a freight liner kenmore kenworth is the sorry yeah kenmore (laughs) what is this a washing machine (laughs) yeah Yeah. (laughs) you know what i meant (laughs) the the last truck that we got at the end of last year that number 10 that's the manual was a kenworth um and, and really the only reason we got the Kenworth is because we couldn't get another Freightliner. Right. Um, you know, you've still got this supply chain issues that uh, make it so you, you, know, you can't just walk onto a dealership and buy a truck whenever right. you're having to order them so far in advance and they'll only give you so many. And that's, we, we kind of, we couldn't get another Freightliner. And do you, uh, so with the Freightliners over the Kenworths, that's uh, going to have to do with the repairs and maintenance cost over time, fuel efficiency, whatever. It's just that kind of general upkeep. And do you know how it compares to the Peterbilts? And how come you guys don't uh, do any of those? So Peterbilt and Kenworth are owned by the same company. Right. They're, they're just kind of different body styles and everything. And, and I think as time has gone on, since those two kind of merged, they... Like, I, I don't basically know, there's the same truck. basically the same truck, different look, you know, yeah. some minor differences. So, so I don't know, there's a huge difference between those. As time has gone by, um, people have typically been, you know, have, have said that, the, you know, the Kenworth and the Peterbilts are the better built trucks compared to Freightliners. Freightliners kind of the, you know, not, not as high a quality. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, I, and I don't know that that's necessarily as much of a difference now. I think Freightliners try to do some stuff over the years to kind of catch up and, and be better in that arena. And, and I think they have, but I, they're probably still, they, they better be, um, they better not be quite as good because the Kenworth is significantly more expensive. <laughs> you know, the, the one yeah. that we just bought, we paid, I can't believe how much more we paid for a similarly specced out truck. Really? Do you yeah. know the number off the top of your head? Um, it was about, let me think, about $30,000. So oh. way more than 10%. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Pro- probably almost 20% more. All right. Well, something to consider then. Yeah. Uh, so I, 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 so that, that's kind of one of the things that Freightliner kind of touts. And, and this is ultimately the biggest reason that we decided to go with a Freightliner is, is they talk about they're the best when it comes to total cost of ownership. You know, and, and when you talk total cost of ownership, the original cost of the equipment, how much it costs to repair, um, how much, um, you know, the, the fuel efficiency, all that kind of stuff. And so, you know, Freightliner, obviously they're less expensive, so that that's easy. They win there. Um, fuel economy and, and repairs becomes a little bit harder to quantify. But the other thing, and, and this is another big reason we, why we decided to go with Freightliner is downtime. And there, it's so much easier to get into a repair facility oh, okay. with a Freightliner. Just about anybody can work on them, and so you're just you're going to spend less time with your truck 
parked. And we, th- this is still something we constantly fight with getting our Kenworths. We've got three Kenworths now, two of them older, one of them new getting those into a repair facility. It's like five days before they'll even look at it Yeah, where most times we can get our Freightliner looked out within 24 hours and then they're pretty quick about getting it fixed. So that to me and our experience, it, it, it's night and day difference. Yeah. All right, let me ask you another question then. Uh, when it comes to supply chain stuff, I know this has been a headache as far as just getting new trucks, right? Um, but does that, has that affected how you do spec out a truck versus how you want to spec out a truck these days? Because I know these these supply chain issues aren't evaporating, right? This is going to be with us for a little while. They're not. Early on, yeah, it did make a difference. Like when, you know, those first couple of trucks that we ordered, and then we decided to make some changes. Well, by the time we des- we had them long enough, we decided we want to make some changes. The other trucks are already past the point where we could make changes. And so right. that, that causes some issues and some problems. But at this point, it's not a huge deal. There are some other supply chain issues. Like the four of the trucks that we got last year came without their bunk heaters. They were back ordered. And so we didn't like we had a couple of trucks at the beginning of this winter that they, they went through almost half the winter without a bunk heater. So they had to <laughs> idle. Yeah. Forever, which is just a royal, obviously, pain in the butt. Okay. All right. Any other uh, miscellaneous items that you want to bring up? Because I think we've hit a lot of the big stuff, but uh, any other little things? Um, talk about color just really quick. Um, a lot of the times, you know, if you're ordering a new truck, you can, and you're not just trying to pick one off the lot, which you really can't do these days anyway. <laughs> right. Um, that, that's just one of those things that you can personalize pretty easy without too much of a a change in costs. So, you know, put, put some thought into that and, and it's, it's good to have a, a brand with well, your, with I, your truck. I was just going to ask you that. How much value do you place on that with a 10 truck fleet? If I'm running 10,000 trucks out on the road, obviously I'm going to want that to be, you know, I, I want to be the Walmart of trucking. Yeah. I want everybody to know exactly what that brand is. Um, but for you, how much value do you think there is right now with a 10 truck fleet? I, and, I don't think it's as big of a deal. Right. It's not. And But it's, it's nice to have or? It's kind of, yeah, I mean, it's better to have than not have, even if you're small. I think when you're small like us, it's not as big of a deal. Like we've, so mo- all of our first trucks were white. The last, I think the truck that we're getting, our next two trucks are, or the rest of the ones we're getting this year are going to be gray. Okay. You so know, still a pretty benign color, not anything super crazy. Not like the green truck, the first I one. I was just going to say, yeah. there's your brand, Chris. It's yeah, that, that uh, lime that. green. Uh, okay, Chris, any last thoughts on this before we wrap this up? Um, one of the things that I want to talk just a little bit about is if you're going to buy a brand new truck and, and you're thinking you're going to spec it out, this is one of those areas I wish we would have spent a little bit more time on when we first did it. Go through, I mean, it's kind of a pain in the butt. It's 20 pages worth of data. It's a lot of time with a salesperson. Mm. Go through those line items and and try to make a good decision on on what you want. Think the process through. Take the time because, you know, it, it, it's, it's harder to make changes later on down the road. Even like what I talked about, the simple things like the TV mounts. Um, Oftentimes it's better if it's, if you know it's something you're going to need, just get it done at the factory. Usually it's not that much more expensive and it, it usually just integrates with the truck more seamlessly. Yeah. So Holland Assets LLC, people can find the show notes for this episode where they'll find that 20 page document, um, at, you know, and similar things at uh, motorcarrierhq.com or you can even, you can even 
call and ask somebody about this sort of thing, right? There, there are people who can help you out with this, but that 20 page document is a great starting point. And it's just, we, we talk about this kind of concept all the time, spend time now to save time and money later. And so, yeah, it's 20 pages. Yeah. It's a whole lot to consider and it's going to be a pain in your butt. Uh, but if you don't do it, you'll be kicking yourself two years down the road. Um, so to speak, and uh, wishing that you had spent a little more time get, getting it dialed in just the way you want it at the beginning, right? Yep. Yeah. All right. Chris, any final thoughts before we say goodbye to the people on this long, long episode? I think that's it. No? All right. Well, thanks for sticking with us, everybody. I have already said the websites a few times, so go check them out. Uh, make sure you leave a review, all of that. Thank you so much for listening. And we'll be back with, uh, what's it going to be? February or January, February? Some some financials. We'll do some financials <laughs> February next February financials time. should be the next episode. So we will see you all then. Have a good one. Thanks. Thanks.